0: okay so what's up cyberspace welcome to pointing out politicians my name is Sherman Um, the reason I'm making this video here is to kind of give you an idea of who I am and why I'm putting out a lot of the information that I'm putting out give you a little bit of background from my perspective as a 40-something year old black man living in America Um, what I'm gonna do is I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna hit four topic areas that I think are very important And I'm going to give you some information from once again, from my perspective, my point of view, that you probably don't hear a lot of, it's not something that the media tends to gravitate towards. Um, So what we have is this picture painted of what it is to be black in America. Um, You kind of get an idea of, of what you think is an idea of how a typical black person thinks Uh, Just a heads up right now, there really is no typical black person. Contrary to what Joe Biden was saying when he referenced about the Hispanic community being a diverse community, almost implying like the black community was not a diverse community. So what I want to do is I want to kind of break that down, uh, once again, from my point of view, and kind of paint a picture of. Maybe some of the differences between a black American, a black male American, the typical white American, uh, which you'll find that the differences aren't really that great and maybe a whole lot of similarities. So hopefully this would be beneficial to, to you to kind of maybe come up with some talking points when you find yourself in conversations and ultimately it comes down to topics of race as if that's the precursor to every other conversation that is to be had every other subject every other topic you'll kind of have a little something to to maybe bring up and put into that conversation to try to expand it a little bit and turn it into a real conversation about real people so the four things that i want to kind of bring up are one the individual two politics three race and genetics. I'll put those together race and genetics and number four is history. Alright, so let's, let's get into this. Uh, number one, the individual. What I have to have to point out immediately up front is that when it comes to individuals, we're all so different. And that's not necessarily predicated upon your race means we'll see two people from the same race, completely different individuals. They can have a completely different perspective, point of view. Um, let's touch on that perspective. Perspective really just means what you see from where you are. And unless two people are standing in the exact same place at the same height, I'm talking artistically here, there's no way that they'll see the exact same thing. When you look at an object, it has different sides. So, based upon where you're standing, the view is going to change. That has nothing to do with the color of your skin. More so, it has to do with the exact position you're in at that point in time, that exact point in time. So, then it becomes a conversation of whether or not where you're standing at right now, the exact position you're in, is due specifically to. Your race, the color of your skin—that's that's impossible. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. Okay, so back to the individual. We have uh, so many different differences between us. We have um, height, tall, short, weight, large, thin, um, heavy, light, uh, economics, wealthy, not wealthy, middle class, separate categories within the middle class, upper middle class, lower middle class, uh, where you live, cost of living, where you live. It's not like a dollar means the same thing anywhere you're at. It it can vary so much. It's just so detailed that what you end up with is millions and millions of possibilities. If you look at the population of the United States of America, we have 330 million people, approximately. 330 million different possibilities and I'm pretty sure that you'll see some consistencies within there that uh, between two individuals regardless of their race that's actually greater than the consistencies that you'll find in a different segment within the race just just follow me for a second what I'm saying is often you'll find that you have more in common with an individual who doesn't necessarily look like you than you do with an individual who looks a lot like you. Not always the case, but sometimes it is the case. Sometimes you'll find that people who look like you have a completely different perspective on things. And that's not just due to where they're standing has a lot to do with what they think about where they're standing what they believe about where they are. Again, two people in similar circumstances can have a completely different belief about why they're in that circumstance. And that is not determined by the color of a person's skin or the race. Case in point, I'll use two black people. Okay. Um, two black men, both aged 35. Both make $60,000 a year. Both live in the same town, in the same neighborhood, same subdivision, they're next door neighbors. So you would think that they are are pretty much the same, right? And you might assume that they even think the same, but in that scenario, what if one neighbor has a positive mindset and he's grateful. He has a grateful mindset. He appreciates everything that he has. He's, he's, he's proud of his accomplishments. Um, and he wants more. And he believes that he can have more. Conversely, the neighbor feels he has a negative mindset. He feels as if he's been held back. Uh, he's, he's a victim. He's been taken advantage of. He's got a completely different view of his situation. He's dissatisfied, but not dissatisfied with uh, himself and his decisions that he's made, the choices that he's made. He's dissatisfied with his environment. He feels as if his environment is completely responsible for where he's at. So you got two people that are similar in almost every other way except for their, their mindset. They think differently. right so they can be the same race and think completely different now on the other side the other neighbor could be a different race but he thinks like the person uh, like one of these men they've got more in common than the one who's of the same race so you would think that they would gravitate towards each other here's where it gets tricky in America and the way race relations seem to work here if there was a, a, a Sunday and there was a barbecue happening and the black neighbor and the white neighbor who they think a lot alike get together and have a barbecue there's a good chance that the other black neighbor who uh, doesn't think like them doesn't really associate with them like that it's not comfortable around them would look at that situation and say that black person who's hanging out with that white person is a sellout as crazy as that sounds that's a bit of an extreme there's so many different points in between this is often what we see happen because we allow race to kinda dictate the way we move a lot of us do anyway and then those who don't are considered to be outliers truth of the matter is they may actually be the majority but in most cases people like that aren't the most outspoken so they become the silent majority um, meanwhile the minority who thinks in terms of extremes uh, ends up for all intents and purposes barking the loudest they're the loudest dog they just bark 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 and then that sends a signal up Now, think of the media the media as a as a security camera or something that uh, no security is a bad word Um, (laughs) a monitor that looks for activity so it it trains on the loud one the one that's making all the noise and because the whole purpose of media is to draw your attention and to hold your attention so that they can have a reason for existing make money things of that nature uh, they amplify that sound and then what you end up having is a situation in which, which that sound seems to be, um, the prevailing thought. You start thinking that most people think that way. Truth of the matter is, uh, I don't think they do. I, I don't think that's the case. I think that's what the media wants you to believe. Um, in any case, that's what gets attention and attention is currency. Bottom line, nowadays attention is currency attention is how money's made what you pay attention to is where your dollars go um, now that can be you, you gotta stop you can't think in just terms of you, you opening your wallet and you're spending your money as um, you direct your attention there and that's when you see ads pop up um, everyone wants to get in front of that so they can they can sell you something um, and that's that, that's a broad topic in itself because it can be a physical item or it can be an idea or it can be uh, a scenario in which they sell you on a belief that gets more of your attention. And all that travels back to um, to like a, a racial thing without regard to the individual. Taking that back to the individual without regard to the individual, what we have to recognize is that everybody's different. There's, there's so many different versions of people out there and what's happening in, in large part is people are being stripped of that individuality. They're being chastised. They're being punished, um, for being an individual. Uh, they, they want to classify people in these lumps and you just can't do it. It's, it's not, it's not possible. It's not even feasible. Um, it's just something that they do to to generate control, right? So individuality is is something that I think that we're we're not paying attention to, when we, especially in the conversations when we talk about when we talk about race. We we say uh, black people this, white people that, uh, black man this, the white man that. And I, a matter of fact, I, I, I witnessed a conversation, or it was supposed to be a conversation, turn into a debate, not really even a debate, because you had two people having two different conversations. There was these, these, these two guys that have a pretty decent following on Facebook and on uh, YouTube. One is named Anom- Anomaly. Uh, Anomaly is, um, if you look at him, you'd classify him as a white guy. Um, then you have Young Pharaoh. You look at him, you'd classify him as a black guy they come from two different um, schools of thought funny enough they agree on a lot of things um, but this conversation literally devolved into uh, a racial type thing now on one hand anomaly was trying his best to um, stick to the point and, and and delve into the topic and go a little bit deeper into what they were supposed to be discussing but then you had Young Pharaoh on the other side. He was just stuck on race. And although he made some decent points from the beginning, he lost me and he lost a lot of the audience because he couldn't get past that. And, and it got to a point where he was just saying, you, 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 like everything the white man was responsible for in his mind. Um, he was blaming the white man that he was talking to. And that's just like a microcosm. It's just it takes this broad problem, it brings it down where you can really take a look at it. And he spent all his time saying you got to do this, and, you, and until you take responsibility for this, and you take responsibility for that, and it's like take responsibility for what? What did? He, what are the things that you're you're saying that the white man did that this individual did to you? What did he do? And when you ask that question, he kept trying to avoid the question. But when you ask that question, what you come to is nothing. And this is the problem that we have when we can't get past race and see people as individuals. We try to hold them accountable for everything that's happened in the past that somebody who looked like them did. Just, just, just think about it for a second. Just think about how, how stupid that is, for lack of a better word. Okay, so moving on. Politics. This is my, again, my position, but politics call them politics. Poly mean many, so many tricks. They have many tricks to uh, get your vote, to get you to do, or at least go along with what it is that direction that they want to go. Politics is all about who gets what, where, when, how, who gets what? That's what politics is all about. So what you find is politicians are always often offering to give people things. When the truth of the matter is they don't have anything to give. Take the federal government, for instance, money. Every dime the federal government has or quote unquote generates comes from us, the people. So anytime you expect the government to give you something, you're asking the government to give you somebody else's money. Now, we can that, that's a that's a rabbit hole that we can go into we can say that some people don't need this much money and uh, you're spending other people's money on one hand or they don't need all that they're greedy they need to share they need to fair, pay their fair share to uh, tax the rich more things of that nature we can I don't want to go there uh, I, I'll, I'll talk about that at a, at a different time but on the most basic level politicians are there to try to influence you to go along with. Whatever scheme they have in mind for who gets what, and that's going to be dictated or predicated upon the majority or getting the vote. So they're going to look at, it, they're going to say, okay, uh, what do most people want, or what do the most vocal people want, and let me cater to that. They're just going to cater to it. That's what it. That's what it's all about: catering to or pandering to the crowd, so they can either get your vote or get you to go along with something. So what we see now is we see uh, me as a black man in America. This is what I see happening uh, because some of these messages I feel are directed toward me. And a lot of them I take offense to. Once again, Joe Biden, got to bring him up. <laughs> this guy sat there on um, we he ended up with a mouse national TV on the Internet. And he said, if you don't know the difference between me and John, Donald Trump, you ain't black. Really, Joe? <laughs> really? I'm going to take, take one out of, out of Joe Biden's book. Come on, man. Come on, bro. <laughs> you, you know, if I don't know the difference between you and Trump, then I ain't black. So that goes back to the individuality thing. I'm an individual with my own mind, my own thoughts, my own beliefs. And you're telling me that. I have to subscribe to um, whatever train of thought may be because of the color of my skin. So if the prevailing thought among black people or perceived be- a prevailing thought among black people is to um, go along with Joe Biden and vote for Joe Biden, the politician, then I'm supposed to agree with that because I'm black. And I think what pains me the most is when I see black people that go along with that black people that accept that black people that allow that as if it went in one ear and out the other as if they really don't understand what this man said what he meant when he said that so one of two things happen I always say that when people don't do something there's one of two reasons for that either they don't know or they don't care. So in terms of that politician, this, this, let's, let's, let's evaluate that. If you don't know, what is it that you don't know? You don't know he said that. You don't know what he meant by that, but then you have tons and tons of voices that are laying it out to you or trying to, um, even with all this censorship and everything that's in place, but I think you do know I think you just don't care right so that's part of the reason that I started this this conversation this channel um, the, the channel the podcast the website is to make sure that you do know okay so that uh, once you do know then the only reason that you won't um, open your mind up in that area is because you don't care and I need to know which one it is so that I know how to kind of perceive you. Whether you're a person who's just ignorant. Ignorance not a bad word. just means you don't know. Or you don't care. And you have to handle that differently. If I'm having a conversation with somebody and they're ignorant of some facts, um, that's one thing. And I, I get it. Okay, I know why you feel that way because you just don't know any better. All right? So I'll give you the facts. At that point, it becomes whether you whether you care or not and if you don't care then I have to ask why don't you care and that usually comes down to there's something else that's calling to you that you either see more important than that than than that fact so when Joe Biden said that I believe he was given a pass by a lot of black Americans because they believe that there's something more important than that there's and and that usually comes back to whatever the government needs to do for them, right? I don't care about that because if he's in power, he's going to give me what I want. That's how politicians roll. Look at the campaign that he ran. Why, why did he select Kamala Harris as his, uh, VP? Why? What was the, the primary reason that he accepted Kamala Harris? Was it her policies? Or was it the fact that she was one black and two, she was a woman. That is a prime example of politicians pandering to an audience that offends me. Why does that offend me? It offends me because I need, I need you to base your decision on who's the best qualified candidate, right? Don't, don't, um, As a matter of fact, I felt felt a little bit violated, (laughs) to to be quite honest with you. That was was all around insulting, especially when they made it known that that's why they picked her. Because she was was quote-unquote black and because she was a female. So it was all about just getting a vote? This is a person who would become the president of the United States should you trip over your dog again and break your neck. Right, don't want you to don't want you to break your neck, Joe. I'm not I'm, <laughs> I'm not not wishing anything bad on you. But if you cuz you you obviously a little bit uncoordinated. So if you something happened, this woman would be the president of the United States and you didn't pick her as your VP candidate because you thought she would be the best president of the United States. You picked her because she was black and because she was a female. Right? This is this is it, it it's it's pervasive. Uh, it's, it's pervasive in America nowadays, right? I, I believe in I believe in equality of opportunity. I don't believe in equality of outcomes. I believe in equality of opportunity. But what we have is we have a um, a reversal of sorts. I almost like to say, okay, if uh, let's take an example. I'm going to step for the side to the side for a step, for a second. Let's take an example of. Um, And racism, slavery. Okay, let's talk about slavery. Just for a hot second. Bear with me for a second, because I'm going somewhere with this. Let's talk about slavery for a second. It was wrong. Right? Slavery was wrong. So you had white people, in some cases black people, a lot of people don't know about that. But you had white people, for the most part, owning slaves in America. Not all of them. But the ones who were wealthy and had land and could afford it and all that stuff—they had slaves. It was wrong. So, do you right that wrong by switching it around and have black people owning white people, or do you stop the practice altogether? The point I'm making is, America was was about um, striving striving for equality of opportunity and, and having a set set of standards um, that weren't dependent upon your race your, your nationality your color your creed but more or less your ability to perform your talent that you have a skill that you have uh, your ability to perform so by taking all that and pushing it to the side and saying this is why i'm selecting somebody as a vice president my, my vice president candidate nominee what, what not. You're saying that none of that stuff matters because now race is a thing. Gender is a thing. Isn't this what we were trying to get away from? Isn't it? So how can you, you come out and say it nationally that this is why I'm making this decision and then everybody cheered on like it's okay. You know, like 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 nobody notices or nobody's aware of how wrong that is. We const we constantly see cases of people who were disenfranchised, were uh, mistreated based upon some either physical characteristic or sexual preference or belief, and then it flip flops. Matter of fact, there was a video. Um, I'll, I'll make a video about it later. But there's a video where they were talking about flip-flopping something, you you know, it's not, we're not, we're not here to flip-flop it. We're here to balance it out to, to equalize the opportunity to level it. Right. We're not here to put somebody else on top. We're here to make sure that everybody, anybody can get to the top based upon, uh, their knowledge, skills, abilities, performance, and, and things of that nature. So if you flip it like that, let's let's you know what I'm just going to go there Um, because politicians get away with this stuff all the time and nobody seems to check them on it. So I'm just going to go there. All right. If you look, I'm a black male. And if you say that a white male has a better opportunity than I do because I'm a black male, I feel I feel violated. Right. So now you're going to flip flop it. And you're gonna say a black female has the best opportunities because she's a black female. I'm a black male. What does that leave me? I'm still violated, right? Is that fair? Is that fair? So what what am I gonna do? You're just gonna replace the person that I come in second to? You're gonna replace the person that I'm I'm a second class citizen to? And then you're gonna do that on national TV and it's okay. And everybody thinks it's it's fine we're making progress that's not progress progressives aren't progressive in my opinion it's just a, a different form of disenfranchisement different disenfranchisement it's a different form of uh, well you can't wait well, yeah, I guess you can't say racism in some cases it is racism because uh, you flip that around then you have a different race in power uh, and and anyway that's a different conversation as well I'm not gonna go there in this video it's gonna make the video far too long but the bottom line is it's the same result for somebody like me I'm supposed to accept that every time I look to, to my left and my right and I see black men who are like cheering <laughs> I can't do it <laughs> sometimes I, I laugh to keep from crying because it's like that is so stupid you just it's, it's almost like a slave two slaves arguing about who their master who got the best master my master better than yours because of this my master better than yours that when it's the individual you should be a master of yourself you are the you are the captain of your soul you you are the master right they work for us quit let's 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 stop trying to trying to pick who who to elevate Above us based upon these things and let's just put somebody in a job who works for us Who's capable of the job and would do the best job at the job not not because of uh, their race their creed their nationality all that good stuff We see politicians peddling this stuff left and right and getting away with it All right, and then uh, here's here's another point of contention I have with the politicians that we have run around today, which is why I actually started out pointing out politicians is the fact that they don't say what they mean and they often don't mean what they say you get all these vague messages or I'll tell you later type stuff uh, or just something to try to pacify the voter And then when later on it turns out not to be the case, the media seems not to even realize that not even remember that. And they get away with it. Somebody's got to point this stuff out. I think it it needs to stop. That's my personal perspective. So moving right along, let's go to race and genetics. Touched on race, touched on genetics. But coming from a perspective as far as race is concerned, my view is that race is a construct. A lot of people, I, I might have lost a lot of people there um, when I say race is a construct because some people will say, well, you look at somebody, isn't it obvious what race they are? Not so much. Not so much. Um, a lot of people don't know that in, in the United States, um, like slavery, um, indentured servitude, things of that nature, a lot of things changed. Uh, albeit subtly uh, that a lot of people aren't aware of. That's that's just like race. What race are you? Are you the race of your mother? Are you the race of your father? Is it like like a lot of people say the one drop rule? If 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 there's one drop of black blood in you, then that makes you black. Is that what it is? Um, think about this for a second. Suppose your your race depended upon your mother. Um, whatever your mother is, it's a maternal thing, that's what race you are. So if your mother was white and your father was black, then you're white. A lot of people don't realize that that's the way it was. That's the way it used to be. People were considered what race they were, they were considered to be the race of their mother. Something funny happened in, in, in America in the beginning where that was shifted and it became about what your father was. Um, if your father was black, then you were black. And I think that's where that one drop rule came from. Let's go a little deeper into that. What about people who, and you hear it all the time, You like you hear black people say I got Indian in my family or, or my great great one of my great great grandparents was white, right, does that Are they black or are they white? If you look at them and they're obviously black, their skin's obviously black, then you say they're black, right? So what if it's it's reversed for a white person? They have a great-great-great-grandparent who is black. Are they white or are they black? Do you just look at what color their skin is right now? What about the families who have siblings in the family who literally have different skin tones? What about situations where you have two people of the same race who are different complexions and they face some of the same obstacles or some of the same advantages that being a different race has. What about the light skinned person who was more easily accepted, excuse me, in quote unquote white society, because they're a lighter skinned black person, um, in general, or, um, I can't even say in general, in, in certain instances, You would say they had an advantage because although they're one race, they have a lighter skin, right? Well, what about that same individual dealing with an environment where uh, everybody around them is dark skin and they ostracize the person or or have little jokes or have little quips uh, because the person's light skin, they make fun of them. Then what about that person? Is it just as simple as a black and white thing? What about everything that's quote unquote in between? What about exotic things? What about mixed kids? What about kids from, from, from a biracial home is biracial a race or all these constructs, or is it all made up now? Let's go a little bit deeper because a lot of you probably don't hear some of the things that I hear because of some of the places that I'm able to easily go. And I can listen, maybe say a thing here or two um, without being looked upon as an outsider, unless I talk too much. But what about the cases where we attribute certain qualities to a person's race, i.e. negative qualities? Let's just call it what it is. Let's not say negative. Let's not say the negative and the positive, but let's say good and evil. Some white people were taught that black folks are evil. Some black people were taught that white people are evil. Some black kids grew up here in terms like the white devil. Right? So, if you look at that, as far as genetics are concerned, my question to you is this. What percentage of white or black blood or Asian blood or uh, Polynesian blood or uh, American Indian blood what percentage of blood from a particular race imbues you with the qualities of that race so it's just for an example from a black male perspective uh, as a black man I'm 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 gonna use uh, an argument that I've heard before plenty of times that a white man is evil so I'm gonna use that example and I say well what what percentage of white blood makes you evil What if my grandparent, one of my grandparents, or my great-grandparent was white? Am I just a little bit evil? I just got like, you know, 10% evil in me? What's the tipping point? Is it 50%? What about the biracial kid? If you're black and you're looking at somebody who's mixed, uh, are they evil? Because their mother was white? Or their father was white? What percentage does it need to be before somebody becomes evil. Or is it just what suits the narrative at the time? And that's why it's so tricky when you're talking about race and genetics. You have people that go back in history, literally hundreds of years, and 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 use examples from hundreds of years ago to try to establish a reality in present day. what one race did to another hundreds of years ago but here's my question but let's say that one race enslaved another race 400 years ago does that make the race that enslaved everybody from that race that enslaved the other race bad let's assume it does let's say it does so let's go back A thousand years before that what if the race that was enslaved now enslaved the other race before that are they good or evil what if it went back and forth which race is the most evil is it the most recent perpetrator what time in in history do you start the clock at what point does it matter if we're gonna go backwards How far back should we go? How far back can we go? Another case in point, I look at slavery and I'm trying to picture the slave trade, right? In my mind. And I just can't picture a bunch of white guys on a boat pulling up in Africa, like, what's up? Hopping out the boat, knocking people in the head saying, come with me. I just don't see it. You gonna roll up on the continent and just start snatching people? Didn't work that way. Somebody had to help. Somebody had to sell people off into slavery, and the people who did that looked just like the slaves they were selling, right? You a different tribe. I'll go into that tribe thing on a different video or something at at another point. But I will say this about that: when we talk about tribe, and everybody thinks you're talking about a race. That's my tribe everybody thinks you're talking about genetics tribalism is based off culture right largely based off culture which is why you have two people of the same race in two different tribes with two different cultures ain't that the trip so anyway what happened to the to the, to the to the black people that assisted in the enslavement of other black people? And they get really tricky about it. This is one thing that nobody ever thinks about. What if, you would say, okay, well, they're back in Africa. That's why I don't like Africans. Okay, all right. What if 50 years later, 100 years later, one of the descendants from the family that enslaved another man's family who became slaves in the United States immigrated to the United States? Literally, one of the, if you're black, one of the pe- black people next to you. Could be descendant from somebody who helped to enslave your ancestors. Do you know? You don't know. There's no way to know. Right? So if you make an assumption uh, based strictly on race, I mean it is really ill-conceived. It's ignorant. Because you don't know what happened in the past. Hell, most a lot of us don't even know what happened the previous generation. There's a lot of things that that our parents, black and white, did that we're completely unaware of. Some things that would would blow your mind that your parents, your grandparents, because in your mind, they were all saints. And they led these, these saintly lives. You have no idea what your grandparents did in their youth or what they were capable of. And there's no way of knowing because you weren't there. Right? so as far as the genetic side of the house and the race side of the house there's so much misguided information out there and it's just been amplified amplified and amplified case in point black Panther good movie I enjoyed it right although I do but well, mind I'm not going there but I, I I enjoyed it but then you had I remember when everybody was black panther this black Panther that everybody was excited about black Panther and everybody thought of themselves as like the it, it, for lack of a better way to put it somebody who was starring in that movie they resonated with somebody who was a star in the movie who they didn't resonate with was the people out there that was plowing turning over dirt you see in Wakanda everybody wasn't a king everybody wasn't a queen in a royal system there's only one king there's only one queen there's only one royal family which is why we don't have that here in the United States you want to go to Wakanda? Do you want to be the garbage man in, in, in Wakanda? Not no no slight to somebody in that profession, um, but do you want to be on the lower end of the totem pole? When you think about Wakanda, do you think about being on the lower end of the totem pole? Probably not. Probably not. When the United States was founded, they this is all this stuff was in mind. That's why there were no titles of nobility. Yet, what do we see happening here in the United States right now? We have royal families developing. You got presidents whose children become presidents, right? I'm on both sides of the both sides of the coin there. Take a take a Bush family. In, in what in in what world does it really make sense for a father and son to both be president? Is is that son that good, or is it his bloodline? that's royalty that's genetics that's royalty right joe biden in what world would his son be qualified to go to the ukraine or be on a board and all that good stuff getting paid thousands and thousands tens of thousands of dollars a month in what world is he that qualified does not know anything about the ukraine doesn't speak the language doesn't know about corporate governance that's royalty it's nobility that's what that's what hinging everything on race and genetics gets you right it gets you an elitist class of people that's what it turns out being so history touched on a lot about history but what I want to what I want to kind of focus on um, as far as this is concerned is we tend to have people who, on, on all, in on, on all spectrums, people who, uh, and this this is in regards to race, in my perspective of a race in America, who look back at history and want to take credit for things that have come in the past uh, because the the actors in that story look like them, same race as them. You got people who, uh, their ancestors were. Vikings right they think they have a status, they think they're noble. I come from noble blood, right You have people who who think that you know if if, if I'm descendant from uh, a Zulu warrior then i'm um, um I'm better than somebody else, so I have a, a certain type of uh, um, nobility or benefit from that the the What makes that scary is the fact that as an individual you can only claim your own accomplishments. It's great what your father did, it's great what your grandfather did, your great-grandfather, your ancestors, but you can't claim those accomplishments. What have you done? What are you doing as an individual? Who would you be if you were disconnected from that and you didn't know about that or their accomplishments? So we have a country full of people running around um, drawing pride from the accomplishments of others while not not acting in in in, in keeping with that. That's that's um, what it is what it amounts to is, is is a bunch of people trying to take credit for what somebody else has done when they don't deserve that credit. So there you have it. The individual politics Race history—that's those are my perspectives—and I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and, and start landing this plane here. Um, but I'll tie it up like this: I believe uh, in, in a certain set of call them tenets. Um, some of my training, my my non-secular PhD is in is a metaphysical science and grounded metaphysics. And what what basically this came down to is is it's understanding things beyond the physical right Um, metaphysical metaphysics grounded so basically a lot of stuff that I studied what it came down to was just understanding how people think Uh, understanding how religion works not studying the religions per se not studying um, or telling or telling people thinking how people should believe it's just why you believe what you believe just trying to understand I just want to understand people better what I did learn, though, is that there's, there's four tenets, three tenets leading to a fourth tenet that I think are very, very important. first one is self-acceptance. Um, the second one is self-responsibility. The third one is respect for free will. All coming together to the fourth, it's, which is self-actualization, becoming a complete person. If you look at self-acceptance and you look at the way politicians uh, use that, uh, maneuver behind that, Let's just take a look at self-acceptance. Self-acceptance is really just about accepting yourself for who you are in the moment. And if you're dissatisfied with that, striving to become who you want to be. It's like a map. You can't get to, to where you want to go unless you know where you're starting from. If you're overweight, accept it. It's reality. I'm overweight. So I gotta, I gotta, now I know where I'm at. I can work from there. But we, what we see is a society where, um, We're telling people everything, things that they don't think are okay, that they're okay. And we're going so far as to try to ram certain things down people's throats to try to make it popular. Um, If you ask me, it's kind of productive. I say, be who you are and accept who you are. And if that's not, if you're not where you want to be, then strive to get there. But we can't conform an entire society to make you feel okay with yourself. At who you are all right so uh, the next is self-responsibility and that just comes down to two things really don't ask people to do things that you can and should do for yourself and allow other people that to do things that they can and should do for themselves so what does that mean as far as a uh, this country my personal view the political landscape um, basically stop moving with a with a I'll do it for you mindset we see it all the times politicians talking about what they're gonna do for you I think it was JFK that said that's not what your country can do for you but that's what you can do for your country um, a lot of lot of a lot of a uh, lot of wisdom in that statement granted I uh, depend on how you look at that uh, but now we've we've developed a culture where Everybody wants to, to tailor their vote based upon what somebody's going to do for them. I tend to look at it a little bit differently. I look at it like, who's going to stay out of my way? Who's going to leave me alone? All right, The person I'm going to lean towards is the person who's going to leave me alone the most. That's what's important to me. Stop trying to dictate my life. Stop trying to force me to be included in things that I don't want to be included in. I don't want to play. If I don't want to play your game, leave me alone. To the extent possible, we're all going to play a little bit. But come on, man! Don't don't try don't try to force uh, people to participate in your grand agenda that they don't even want. Stop trying to make people buy things they don't want. Stop trying to make people buy things they don't need. Stop trying to force particip- uh, participation just because you know that's the only way your system will work is to force people to play. The whole goal should be to try to create an environment where you don't have to force it it succeeds because the will of the people uh you can see how people move and you can figure out how to make that work how do we make that work with people moving on their own to the extent possible without trying to turn everybody into a collective so that's how i look at that um respect for free will that goes right back to it um two things respect the free will of others I may not like your decisions. I may not like your choices. But as long as it's not hurting me, then I'm not trying to fight it. Do you. Do you. But at the same time, I demand that you respect my free will. In other words, allow me to do me. Right? Give me that room. Give me that freedom. That's what I was just talking about with with society trying to um, like the Borg, assimilate you. You will be assimilated. That's how I look at. Uh, and to not make this video, video ultra, ultra political, but that's how I look at what's what's going on in the far left. A lot. They're like the Borg. You will be assimilated. You will participate. You will be a part of what we what we want to have going on. We go force you to. You know. To me that's almost like you know looking up one day and somebody trying to stick a needle in your arm saying that it's for the good of everybody else you you will take this shot and by the way put this mask on your face but i'm not going to go into that because that's a that's another rabbit hole that i want to go to so those three tenets i think uh self-acceptance self-responsibility respect for free will i think those can go a long way toward um straightening out this mess we have so we have a lot more uh self-actualized complete people running around Um, who can kind of see things for what they are they can they can listen and perceive things for what they are Um, and you won't get away with just telling them just anything they can think for themselves they can think critically we can use logical thinking so that's kind of like my my uh, position my some of my thoughts as what is essentially a middle-aged black man in the United States of America Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts I'd love to hear what you think about some of the things that I've said. And I'm not the adversarial type. I will stand up for what I believe in, but I'm not here to argue with anybody. I just need to know how you think. I enjoy learning how you think. I like to know what's going on around me because I don't want to be surprised one day. You know, I don't want to just look up one day and see the tanks rolling down the street. I want to see it coming. So i can do what little i can about that so there it is i just wanted to share those thoughts with you as i as i build up my my platforms i think it's a good idea that people know where i'm coming from and why i'm saying some of the things that i'm saying it'll resonate with some some people will probably despise me for it um i don't really care much about that Um, probably don't want to spend much time with those people anyway so on that note, if you managed to hang out this long, I didn't realize how long I was rattling. My dad used to call me motor mouth. I guess that's true, but I didn't realize how long I was talking. If you managed to hang around this long, um, and you're on a platform for which you can do that, probably YouTube. To, YouTube, subscribe, uh, follow the channel, follow me, and let's have some conversations. You know, let's share some of that um, and see if we can uh, maybe come across some other people who who feel the same way so if you like it like it think of somebody else might want to hear it share it and definitely comment to let me know what your thoughts are be sure to check in and visit me at pointingoutpoliticians.com sentence infancy just a baby website but it'll get big over time youtube just a baby youtube channel but it'll grow over time love to have you along for the journey on that no Take care and peace.